Are you good? Nice to see you. It's amazing. Most of it, we're wanting to put, we're putting some things up there. It only comes on Tuesday, unfortunately, not today. And everybody's rushing away from the sun and getting into the shade. Now everybody's rushing into a little bit of sunshine just to, can never make everybody happy. Eh? People are sitting with blankets and all sorts of things. But uh, it really is wonderful to see you. And uh, phenomenal, yeah, lovely. Just so, it's amazing to worship God together. You know, like we don't worship God because He needs it. We worship God because we need it. Yeah. I was thinking that this morning. We're kind of singing these songs. You've got to try and kind of get people to think, hey, God's so beautiful. He deserves your worship. Yeah, He does. But actually, we need to worship God. And we are made to worship God. And so we, it actually, when we worship God, it actually is, does something in our hearts and for us. So it really is wonderful to worship God together. Anyway, we are in a series on holiness, and I'm trying to get my timer going, yeah? There we go. And so we're going to continue with that. If you wouldn't mind turning to the book of Ezekiel, if you have got your Bibles with you, we're going to talk Ezekiel 47. But before we get there, just to say a couple of intro thoughts. And um, I think when we're talking about this thing of holiness, like Helen was saying, it's like such a big thing, it's... It, um, God wants to teach us about His holiness. And when we say, when we're talking about holiness, we're not just talking about when people, when you say holiness to people, we think moral purity. It's, it's bigger than that. It's moral purity is, the, is, the, is a fruit of understanding His holiness. That's not the point of His holiness. And so what's been impacting me as we've been unpacking this series is God is infinitely different to us but intimately aware of us. And it's kind of this, this incredible God that is holy. It's like he's, he's not like us. So kind of when we try and think of God or try and relate to God, we kind of relate to him on a human level and we kind of treat him as some... The opposite of, of holy would be common or average or commonplace or ordinary. God is not that. And right through the scriptures, God tries to teach his people that he is holy. So he gives them holy things, holy places, holy days, all these things to try and show people like, I'm not like you. It wasn't the, the point of it wasn't to make that day a holy day, holiday, maybe that's what it meant, comes from. The point of that was to know that you were worshipping a holy God. And, and I think God, more than ever in these days, is trying to show us that He's not like us. He is God. That we get to call Father because of the love of Jesus. And it's, it's this big idea that I'm really praying that God is getting into our hearts. I think if we get that big idea, some of the other stuff kind of just falls into place. I mean, we... You've got to teach about it and kind of go through it, but it kind of falls into place when we get a revelation of God as being altogether infinitely different to us, but intimately knowable by us. And that's the, the paradigm that we're trying to, to help us walk into. So, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 47. I'm going to read it now. 
Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel, the, the, the prophet, he's, he's preaching to a group of people that are in exile. So the judgment of God has come upon them. And they, God has said, listen, if you want to live without me, then go and live without me. Go for it. See, what, see how that works for you. So sometimes God gives us exactly what we want. And we don't want what we want, actually. And if we, he gives into our cravings sometimes. He just says, okay, if you want meat... He has meat and he gives them all the quail and they get sick eating the stuff. We don't want to be there. We want to be with God. And we want to be walking with God. Anyway, into exile, he sends them Ezekiel. Ezekiel now preaches to them and he tells them all the reasons why they're in exile. But towards the back end of the book of Ezekiel, he starts to encourage them. The kind of the, his message shifts and he starts to talk about a new temple because they've lost the temple now. They've lost the city of David. That's been overrun. Now they, they're with the Babylonians. They, they're in a different place. And so he starts to talk about this new temple. That's going to, and, he, and he unpacks this new temple. And then he starts to talk about a new land that God's going to restore back to them. And he kind of talks about the divisions. And he talks to them also profoundly about a new people or a, or a new covenant that's going to come into being. And he says... Um, he talks about that famous picture in, in Ezekiel 37 of the, the dry bones that are going to come back to life. And he talks about how he's going to put his spirit in us and he's going to give us a new heart that you're going to follow him by the spirit. You're not going to know him by your head. You're going to know him by your heart and you're going to have this deep, intimate ability to know God. Um, in Ezekiel 36, he talks about that. And uh, in, in Ezekiel 47, he talks about this new temple so a new people, a new temple, a new land. But, and out of this new temple that he talks about, he, he, he has this vision of a river flowing from this temple. And the reason why this temple is a holy place is because God's there. If God's not there, it's not holy. That's why it's holy things and holy days and holy places become holy because the presence of God is there. That's, what he, that's the whole point of this. So, and, he, and he envisions this temple, this, this, this temple with this river flowing from it. And um, we're going to read now what he talks about in this river. And then we're going to look at six things that are actually quite amazing from this river that are different. Because it's a holy river. It's a, because it's flowing from God, it becomes holy. So it's altogether different to the rivers that we would normally think about. And what, which is the point of what I'm trying to get to this morning. Okay, Ezekiel 47 verse 1. The man brought back to the entrance, brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. The water was coming down from the under from down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward, with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, which is about 500 meters, and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. Then he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Then he measured off another thousand cubits and he led me through water that was waist deep. And then he measured off another thousand and now the river was so profound that he couldn't cross it because the water had, because had, water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? 
Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah where it enters the sea. Then when it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. The sea that it's entering into there is the Dead Sea. So it's a river that is flowing into the Dead Sea. Uh, where am I now? Uh, there will be... Uh, when it empties into the sea, the water there will become fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live where the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish. Because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Galeum. There will be places for spreading of nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Great Sea. The Great Sea, if you look down in your Bible, it says the Mediterranean. There's a little footnote there or an asterisk. What's I think? Postscript. So it's the Mediterranean. He's comparing this river to the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Free trees of all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. It's amazing, because of the holy water. So we have in South Africa, you can buy holy water. You know that? Guys do whole businesses. That's just rip-off water. It's not holy water. It's just rip-off water. This is holy water from the sanctuary where the tree acts differently to what it would normally be. Supernaturally, like kind of bearing fruit and all these sorts of things. Because the water from the sanctuary flows there. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. And in Revelation, when it talks about this, it talks about the leaves for the, uh, leaves for the healing of the nations. And um, so this is this picture that, that um, Ezekiel puts in front of us. And it's a picture of this river flowing from the sanctuary and life-giving holiness flowing. And it's, somebody said this in one of the commentaries. It makes clear that God's life-giving holiness will one day flow out of the temple into the world, creating all kinds of new life. So what I want to do this morning is look at the different kinds of new life that this holy God, from this river creates. So now the, and Jesus talks about a river flowing from within us in, in John chapter 7. So, so there's, the, there's this river that God's calling us to be in, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, can't swim. But also there's this river from us that flows from without us when we start to live in this, in this river, when we start to kind of get into this place. So what are the different things about this river? What can we learn from Ezekiel? For, well, the first thing is this. This river has a different origin. This river has a different origin. Jerusalem was built in a desert. And it was the one city in that area that didn't have a natural water resource which made it very vulnerable, actually, militarily. But I think God knows what he's doing. He said, actually, part of the thing was, you've got to trust me for your vulnerability, which is true for all of us. But this water has got a different origin. It originates from the presence of God. 
It doesn't originate, and it originates from a temple, which is the presence of God. It doesn't originate from a king's palace. It doesn't originate from a government building. It doesn't originate from a marketplace. It doesn't originate from a business. It doesn't originate from a sports field. It originates from the presence, the temple, the holy place. In the middle of nowhere. It's not like it's got a melting ice cap that's going to feed this. From the middle of nowhere... This river originates. It's an odd river. It's a holy river. It's not a common river. It's not an average river. It's not a kind of ordinary river. This is a holy river. Friends, at this time, more than ever, our source cannot be the marketplace. It cannot be the JSE. More than ever, our source... A source cannot be all that's going government buildings and cabinet reshuffles. A source cannot be, it cannot be sports arenas. For the first time in my life, I didn't even know there was a rugby game on last night. <laughs> Honestly, like, like I'm a, used to be one of those fanatics. And I, like, I, I didn't even know there was a rugby game on. Oh, by the way. Oh, flip, yeah, okay, let's have a look. And that guy's won. But it, it, we, we, we can't find our source in anything else except the temple, the holy place. Where is your source? Where is our source? And it's like we say the same thing over and over again. I'm like thinking, Lord, people are going to get sick of hearing this. Where's your source? Can I say again, where's your source? I have to keep asking myself the same thing every day. One step. Stand, remember where your source is. And you think you learn the next day. Stand, remember where your source is. This source of this river, this flow, is not normal. It comes from the holy place. The second thing about this river, not only does it have a different source, but the very nature of the river is different. It's not like a normal river. Number one, you get this very rapid increase in depth over two kilometers. From ankle deep to very deep. Also, a normal river is normally deeper and flows faster, closer to the source than further away from the source. I mean, you learned that in geography at school. You have oxbow lakes and all those sorts of things to, and, and marshes and meandering Rivers, because it flows slowly the further away it gets from the source. This river gets deeper and faster further away from the source that you can't cross it. It's not a normal river. And this is what this says to, I believe it's saying to us. Number one, that you can get deep with God quickly. And you can stay deep with God in all of life, not just in a church meeting. The further away from the holy place, this, we know that I'm um, contradicting our very theology now. We know that a church meeting is not, it is a holy place because God's here, but this is not the holy place. The further away, when you get out there, the river is deep. If you can stand, and the question is this, where are you? Can you stand out there? Business owners can't stand at the moment. 
It's a good thing because the river's deep. And we've got to go deep with God. You see, this kind of river that God is asking us to move in and flow in, we've got to trust Him. We've got to trust Him. I think it was Chantal was saying, it's like we trust the things of God. A preacher preached like this, and I'm saying, Lord, but God, I mean, this is what your word says, but I've got to actually see this now. I want to see this. I want, to, I want the things of God, not just to know God, but I want to see the power in the kingdom of God coming in businesses and coming, and we, see, we hear the stories of, you know. But friends, we've got to actually trust God for this. Where's your source, and how deep are you in there? God wants you to be deep in your marketplace, in your workplace, in, your, in wherever you are. The third thing is that this river has different properties. This water has different properties. This water has an ability to make fresh water, or salt water fresh. This water has an ability to heal. That's what it says. It healed the waters. It's amazing that it says those words. Friends, the water that God is flowing in us and through us makes salt water fresh. It makes lifeless things, brings them back to life. It's profound, this, 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 this river. And the new normal, which everybody's looking for and talking about, the new normal is this, is if you were ankle deep, you're meant to be deeper. And we've got to be trusting God. We've got to be in this moment, have, have our heads, our source in Him, and trusting for the healing waters of this river to come into whatever needs to be healed in our lives. Whatever's salty in our lives needs to become fresh again. So this river keeps us fresh all the time. When we step out the river, we get salty. When we stay in the river, we stay fresh. And this is, the, it's, it's, it's so simple, but it's not that easy to do. We've got to keep reminding ourselves, and that's what these moments are. When we worship God together, and when just, are you in? Are you fresh? If you're salty, you know it's salty old dog, old crotchety, critical, don't want to be those people. Be fresh, fresh in God. We've got to stay fresh in God and help each other to be fresh in God. But that comes from the river. The fourth thing about this river, it carries a different life. It talks about swarms of living creatures. It talks about large numbers of fish. And it compares itself to the ecology of the Mediterranean. So the Mediterranean, if you're in a sea, have you ever taken some seawater out of the sea and then put it in a bowl and kept it away from the sea? Within a, within a few days, it's all green and terrible and you have to chuck it away. The reason why it stays fresh and nice in the sea is that if there's an ecology there that works and moves and there's fish and there's all these sorts of things. It kind of got, it sustains itself. Think about this river. This river is in the middle of the desert 
flowing from a source of nowhere, by the time it gets to the Dead Sea, which is full of salt and has got no life in it, it's teeming with fish. Where did the fish come from? I was reading this other day and I think, gee, where does that fish come from? Everybody knows if there's fish in river, but like, where did this fish, there's fish, it's not just fish, there's like swarming with all kinds of fish and all, just lots of fish, large numbers of fish. It's creating life as it flows. And then he goes on to say there, these beautiful words, everything will live. Where the river flows, everything will live. I want to encourage you, when we find the river of God, there's this beautiful psalm, and Psalm 46 says this, it says, the, uh, the, the rivers of God, there's a river of God whose streams make glad the city of God. When we find this river of God, it brings life to everything. Sorry. Everything will live. Everything will live. Where are we standing? Where's our source? I want to remind you this morning. In God, everything will live. There might be death around you. There's loss around you. And there's lots of that around. But still you will find life in God. Don't take your eyes off of Him. Don't get out of the river and get into some pool or pond. Stay in the river. And allow God, the life of God, to flow. Fifthly, so it's source, it's life, it's the kind of, the kind of river. I've called this one, there's a different ambit of life for this river. I don't know what to say, how to better say it better. There's a better reach for this river. It's amazing how on this river he says you can't see, it's, a, it's a river you couldn't cross. It's, it's flowing. And he couldn't cross it, so he went to the bank and he saw fishermen, fish people fishing there, and then fishermen there, and you're about to cast your nets. Friends, there's a river that's flowing from the city of God, from the, from the heart of God, through his people, that will not only feed people, but create employment for people. I honestly believe if the church... If men and women, not even just the church, but if people would see the holiness of God and flow with the holiness of God, we will feed people, but more than feed people, teach people to fish, give them employment. There's employment. This, this river, it's not just for spiritual life. It's for all of life, every day, all the time. This life, this river of life. One of my favorite verses in this text, which kind of my eyes lit up or my heart kind of really got hot when I read it, when I realized actually what it was saying, is this, is this verse here in verse 11. It says this, But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They'll be left for salt. Left for salt. So when I first read that, and I've read this many times before, I thought, yeah, well, there's a river that's flowing, but you can make a choice as to whether you want it to be a marsh or not, or to let the river flow. So there's kind of, it's, it's on your, and I think that's true. Some commentators say that that's true. But you know, this is what one of the commentators said. I'm just going to actually read it to you. He said, there's certain areas near 
the Dead Sea will keep their old characteristics so that the useful minerals gained from the Dead Sea will still be available from these places. The preservation of some pockets of saltiness is intentional, recognizing the economic benefit of the minerals found in and around the Dead Sea. Salt is not only a valuable seasoning and preserving agent, the word functions generically for a wide range of chemicals extracted from the sea. So this river of God is not meant for church buildings. It's meant for economies. And God knows with his river to place it exactly so that the good things get left and the bad things get swallowed away and the dead things come back to life. So, so he intentionally in this picture sees, knows that there's a dead sea that needs to come back to life. So his river flows there and intentionally leaves part of that dead sea there so that an economy around salt and minerals, etc. can exist for the benefit of people. How profound is that? See, some things, some areas in our life that we think are dead areas, actually God is going to bring life to and kind of use them into the future. It's amazing, yeah? How profound is that? Friends, we can have hope. I was talking to somebody today and he's, we were talking about the economy. How is this economy going to bounce back? Let's tell you how it's going to bounce back. I don't, I don't know how it's going to bounce back, but I know this. The holy river, the flow of God, will enable economic growth to happen somehow. He's going to let some things go and he's going to blow some things away, but God will let this thing move. But he wants us to be in the river. He wants us to be under the source. Lastly, there's a different fruitfulness, different kind of fruitfulness that this river brings. It's this water that flows from the sanctuary. The leaves are always green. The fruit never fails. So you never have a bad crop. It's like if there was an apple, it's always the perfect apple. It's never got anything wrong with it. And every month, it bears fruit. Not every year, every month. How profound is that? So the kind of fruitfulness that God wants us to have in this flow is we've got to trust Him that in a barrenness, in a desert, there can be a flow from the source and the holiness of God, a holy flow in and through our lives that can be a fruitfulness month after month. That there can be food to eat and there can be healing for the nations. See, this is the kind of holiness that God is. He's an altogether different kind of God. Infinitely different to us. Infinitely different. And my continued prayer for us as we, as we look at these scriptures is that God would give us a revelation of this. And give us faith to live in that river. And my question as we leave, as I leave you today, which I forgot to put out in the first service. If you're ankle deep with God right now, take a step forward, take 500 meters forward and get knee deep. 
If you're knee deep with God now, take another 500 forward because you can go waist deep. And if you're waist deep with God right now, take another 500 meters forward to the place that you can't swim and allow God to show you some things. And if you're here today and you're not in the river, there's a river that makes glad the city of God. The river in the New Testament is a person by the name of Jesus. And if you put your faith in him, the, wa the living waters of heaven will begin to flow through your life. Cleanse you and do everything that, this, that we've spoken about today. Take away your guilt, take away your shame, and allow you to live a life that is holy, that's different, that's not common, that's not ordinary. Because you weren't built to be ordinary, you were built to be holy. Because of the holy God that lives and moves and breathes. Are you in the river? If you're not in the river, get in the river. And maybe you've taken a bit of a sojourn. Hey, you know what? Get back into the river. And then get deeper than where you were before. It's a continual journey with God. Every single one of us. And I trust that this encourages us to trust Him in the midst of the chaos the, and all that's happening around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys.